0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin.
1: Brian Carraway. And Lisa Bates. What's
0: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight.
1: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio.
2: Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio, remote edition, second week in a row. I'm Dr. Law. Got Kid Presentable with us. Hey, hey. Got Lavender Gooms with us. Hello. Got DJ Mark. No, he's not with us. DJ Mark is... He's on a couch
1: somewhere watching uh, the E3 car. You got DJ couch? Mar-
2: I'm, I, got, I got sitting at his desk. I got couch. I got
0: D- DJ Mark is on assignment, on location...
1: On his couch, watching E3 streams. Yes. And no announcement of a USC game, right? We're going to go a couple years between cycles there. The last one did catastrophically poor.
2: Yeah, and uh, by the way, guys, no DJ Mark this week, but just know, like, half the show next week is going to be DJ Mark talking about video games, I'm imagining, because I only have so much material for Donald Cerrone versus Leon Edwards,
0: And And, uh,
2: and me saying the names was about half of it, so...
0: And, and as I told Bobby right before the podcast started, nothing the people want more than week and a half old E3 ds
2: Yeah, because we, we're, we're right on the, our fingers on the pulse with everything else. That's going to be the first time we're late on something. Um, all right, guys, we're going to talk about UFC 225, uh, the super card that had a ton of decisions, but I don't know. I had a pretty good time. Mike did too until he fell asleep because, goddamn. I know the East Coast car, East Coast people have it rough here, but this card was especially bad, right, Mike? This went like an hour and a half longer than usual, it felt like. I,
0: I don't know how you were able to last through it because I'm the one that's supposed to be used to watching these East Coast cards. And I was pretty much out by the Covington fight.
2: Yeah, I got a real issue sleeping in general. That's the only reason I was awake. So
0: um,
2: we're going to talk about um, the UFC uh, middleweight championship, which did not change hands that we knew it wasn't going to change hands before the fight because Yoel Romero was a goddamn professional. First man ever to miss weight in two straight fights. We're going to talk about the fact that we have a new interim champion at 170 pounds, uh, Colby Chaos Covington, or the Chaos, I don't know how he does the Chaos thing. Maybe the Chaos Colby Covington. But uh, he's the champ there. Uh, We're going to talk about women's featherweight, uh, Holly Holmes' big victory. We're going to talk about a top five all-time entrance, quite frankly, that I've now watched about ten times. Uh, with Taito Iwasa. Um, then me and Stefan are going to get sad talking about CM Punk. But quite frankly, this is real deep. So we're, we're going we're to get through a lot of this card. Um, the parts of which me and Mike weren't trying to you know, be in a car and watch at the same time. Also. So. Let's start off. Uh, Bobby Knuckles taking on Yoel Romero. That's right. We're still going to call him Bobby Knuckles no matter what he wants us to do. Uh, Yoel Romero missed weight at 186 pounds and they said, hey man, It's only a pound once you go cut that and then he after an hour they told him you can't cut weight anymore because i'm assuming he didn't look great and then he came in at 185.2 stefan he became the first man to miss weight in two consecutive uh in two title bouts. so uh
1: yeah your thoughts immediately when you heard that well, it's like you were, you were about to say, I think you were, trying to, you were trying to mentally decide, was it two title fights, period, or two title fights in a row? And it doesn't matter, because he holds that distinction by himself either way. Um, was I shocked? No. Was it disappointing as hell? A little bit, you know? Um, that's why I can't really have sympathy. He said they only gave him one hour, even though should, they should have given him two. But based on past president, he should have been in a better shot of this. You know, um, I forget. I think I saw Joe Rogan or say is like he came in at like 198, like three days before weigh-ins or something. And they're like, no, you need to be that like two weeks before weigh-ins, you know. Or he he hired, uh, what's that guy, George? um, He hired him on Tuesday. He He hired George
2: Lockhart on Tuesday, right?
1: Yeah, he hired George Lockhart Tuesday. And you're like, no, Lockhart needs to be with you from the start of your camp to like talk about your nutrition if he's not a miracle worker who in two days will just get you to time like it's a whole process so. well I mean, you
2: know what? let's just talk about this now because mike you said something you, you brought up something that eddie alvarez had said and this is a good opportunity we might as well talk about this smoke screen the ufc is trying to pull with the moving of the weigh-ins but eddie alvarez had a pretty good line about weight cutting
0: right that uh made a lot of sense quite frankly to both you and me yeah, one of the uh, most pointed tweets that he had um, in a long string of, uh, of tweets he had was he said that the weight cut doesn't start fight week. The weight cut starts when you sign the contract for the fight.
2: Well, yeah, well put. And because, uh, you know, we got this whole thing where people are like Dana White's trying to say all the fighters want to go back to the afternoon weigh-ins which is I'm yet to hear one of them say that. And Ariel's been asking every fighter, and he's taken a poll, and it's like 13 to nothing in favor of early morning weigh-ins. And uh, it just seems like, I mean, it's a real, that's a real Trump, I mean, let's just get into the politics now. It's a real Trump move, isn't it, Stefan? Everybody wants this. They all want this. We're going to do it. When in reality, nobody wants this.
1: I mean, yeah, I'll agree. I I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much because I think, yeah, there's a lot of fiasco about the weight, but it's preventing us from talking about what we should be talking about. That was a really good fight. Yeah, um,
2: that's fair. That was... Uh, folks, if you have not seen um, this fight, I don't know... I mean, they definitely had the round of the year in round three, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember how good Justin Gaethje's last fight is to determine if this is fight of the year, to be honest. That's where we're at now with this sport, but that was a that was a, just a crackerjack of the, fight, of the fight, staff. Why don't you go through... Roughly what we saw in this thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is um, Unfortunately, due to the weight cut, I can't crown it this, but it's arguably the greatest title fight ever um, in terms of a quality match because for three rounds, we saw what we thought we were going to see based on the, pre- the previous encounter, and that was Whitaker just being technically better. Um, when Whitaker is game, when he's on point, he has great takedown defense. He has great speed. He has great precision in striking. You saw his jabs. You saw his straights. You saw him doing a knee stomp. Like, he had that push kick in that was really jacking up uh, Romero's leg. Um, but then in the fourth round, we saw what we always said his only shot was, and Yoel, Yoel's got to crack him. And boy, did he crack him. Um, it was amazing. Like, he, I, I forget what he hit him with. Was it, I think, I want to say it was a. Uh, it was either a left hook or a right straight that really like?
2: I think he, I thought match. he got him with like a two piece. Like he hit him with one, then the other.
1: Was it a one two? Um It's very possible that he threw some combos because it was that last punch. You saw like Whitaker fell back, but thank God he kind of woke up before he hit the mat. But there was a flash there. He flash knocked out. He went that back falling stiff. Like holy shit, he's gonna get him. But you know, props to Whitaker. He he survived it. You know. Yoel got on top of him with the ground and pound, but Whitaker got to his feet, and he didn't just get to his feet. He came back, and he landed a murderous head kick on Yoel, too. Um, and I should say, earlier in the fight, he closed up uh, Yoel's... Uh, Robert Whitaker, that is. He closed up Yoel's right eye pretty early into the fight. I want to say the second round. Um,
2: were, you, so- were you really impressed with how well the cutman did with the end swell to get that thing opened up a little bit? Because I thought I thought fight over,
1: for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was it was... Like the the cra- I think uh Smith and Rogan were having like a minor aneurysm with how fast that eye was swelling. Um, for the fact that not only did Romero come back from it, is he had his best next rounds because of it. Um, and so yeah, so you had a great back and forth with all almost finishing in the fourth. Whitaker came back, landed a head kick. Um, but I think the- you
2: mean the third was the one that was the third when that happened because fourth Whitaker came back and won that round.
1: Third, no, that I think, okay. was, I think oh, it was third. I have the timing off. Um, but anyway, then going into the fifth round, um, at that point, the one thing that really became true and kind of why Robert was fading as the fight went on is uh, it seems uh, he broke his thumb, I think it was, uh, earlier in the fight. And you saw he he wouldn't throw his right hand anymore in those last two rounds. Uh, he threw a, a elbow with his right arm, but it was either just jabs or high kicks at that point. And then at one point, you even hear his corner man yell, just fuck it, throw it, just fucking throw it, like... So I think it was obvious what was happening at that point. But um, the fifth round, it was all Romero at that point. And he couldn't get the stoppage. He dropped him again. He landed some ground and pound. And, like, Bob, you always say it. Why Why is Jones Gustafson so lauded? It's because it was Jones being pushed to a level you've never seen. And this is one of those, like, Whitaker survived. He came out. But, like, man, am I nervous about the next strike he takes? Like, you know, I say those there these fights that are life-altering. And this one feels like it, you know? Like, holy shit, can EOL take a strike? Like, you cannot cleanly put that man out.
2: Both these men you can crack over the head with 2 by 4s apparently. That's what we learned.
1: Like, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. The, the decision went to Whitaker. Um, we were talking about this a little off-air. I honestly really thought it should have been a draw. Um, if that fifth round isn't a 10-8, I don't know what's happening. Um, I think people just really hate draws, but... This was a very natural draw. Look, I'm not mad. Robert won. The only scenario I didn't want was Yoel to win because that would just me- that would like that would fuck everything up. Is because Yoel's already basically been declared. He's going to move to a title eliminator at light heavyweight. He does not have another shot at middleweight after two failed title fights. And for the champion to just lose and then be champion—that's a weird thing. That's like a weird, very Bellator thing to happen. And you don't yep. ever want to see that happen to your
2: champion. Yeah, I mean, the t- the fifth round, I. I thought I honestly I thought the only correct scorecards were draw or Bobby Knuckles winning 3-2. And I the third the fifth round I agree with you because I think under the new scoring system also the whole point of this thing was for people to give out more 10-8s. We can't live in a world where like the, the only way we give out a 10-8 is a motherfucker almost dies. Like there needs to be more grades to this thing and it's a matter of the judges being educated enough to do that and this is MMA so we're lucky the judges are watching the fights and not, you know, getting a fucking corn dog. While the fights yeah, are happening.
1: I mean, a tenant used to mean that one of the fighters almost got a finish in the round. But I felt like it was supposed to be adjusted to, you don't have to necessarily get a finish, but if one, fighter, dominance. But if one fighter has no effective offense at any point in the round, which Robert, you know, Bobby Knuckles didn't. I, I love the dude, but fifth round was survival mode. That whole round was purely just trying to survive and make it to the bell.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember, hell, I mean, we, they're going to put this fight into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I remember Hendo and Shogun, the last two, like, the last two rounds, I remember, Hendo was just on his back, and Shogun was just hitting him, and I remember you and me were sitting there like, are these 10-8s or 10-7s, because one guy stopped fighting, and they end up being 10-9s, because it was, you know, seven years ago, and nothing's a fucking 10-8, so... I mean, I hate
1: it. I know most people don't like draws, because they think it's anticlimactic, but to me, that's the perfect end to a fight this brilliant. Is that no one really won? You know, it's the uh, the immovable, the unstoppable object meets the immovable force. Yeah, you, know, you guys see right. how much
2: money you know, how much money this cost this dude though because they were uh, fight of the night, right? So instead of him getting that fifty grand, I think a, I think that his fifty grand goes to Bobby Knuckles, which that, actually that doesn't sound right. I bet oh, the UFC, I bet, nice. the U- I bet the UFC pockets it. Let's be honest. And then uh, he had to give like thirty percent of his purse, which is like another like fifty grand to Bobby Knuckles also. So. That's Those what you get, man. Bobby Knuckles then. Bobby Knuckles got paid. And Bobby Knuckles broke his hand in the first round, but apparently it was a pretty clean break. So he just needs to get a pin put in, and it won't be too long a rehab. Um, yeah, there's no way to have any sympathy for Yoel Romero, White right, Mike. Like, I, I mean, we went into this just like, hopefully he doesn't win. Got step up, but it would have been a mess.
0: I mean, I have, I have a little sympathy for Yoel. Um, just be, hey. I know you say, well, he was almost being carried off from the, the weigh-in, but he still had an hour. And frankly, we've seen Conor McGregor look like freaking Skeletor on those scales. They couldn't let him go for like another 15, 20 minutes. When did
2: Conor McGregor miss the first weigh-in and they yeah. had to come back two hours
0: later? When did that happen, though? We're splitting he, hairs He, here, he, he What right?
2: do you mean? He was supposed to weigh 185 pounds. At nine a.m., he didn't, and they're like, "Oh, we'll give you another hour."
0: Hey, then you know what? And you know what? I th- think we found one of the people that might be in favor of the four o'clock weigh-in. That- yeah,
2: it's it's him. Even Kelvin Gastelum is in favor of the morning weigh-ins. For the love of God! All right, come on, man. I don't. I okay. Yeah, Yoel Romero. Dana White said if Yoel wins, he would have liked to see him fight Gustafson for a title shot at two o five. And I'm like, this. The- I, I somehow think Cormier versus Romero would be just bonkers. Like if that, if we can somehow make that happen, I'm strongly in favor of that. That would be a wonderful matchup. Cormier in a fight where he can't take the dude down.
1: I mean, I know he's not that tall, but like, I like Yoel's power at light heavyweight. He's gonna knock Luke Rockhold out again in a new weight division, and Luke's like I can't get away from this guy. Man, when
2: you when you when you, when, you, when uh, weight, I'm like, man, Luke Rockhold died for this, guys. <laughs> Like, Luke Rockhold got hit so hard in the face. (laughs) (coughs) Pardon me. Um, Okay, so, yeah, um, it sounds like the next in line are Kelvin Gastelum or uh, Chris Weidman. And if those two are the two options, I mean, one of them beat the other, and it wasn't that long ago, as much as I really want to see Bobby Knuckles versus Kelvin Gastelum, if they have decided it's going to be either Gastelum or Wideman, Mike, I guess you got to give it to Wideman, I guess if you're going to I mean, well he beat he beat Gastelum. He finished him.
1: I mean,
0: do we have to though? I mean, that'd Chris be a good Weidman. fight too. That'd be a good fight too, Chris man. That's why he's old news. I mean, and we are in the new UFC? Wins don't really matter. I don't know.
2: I mean, look, Stefan, I want to see that f- I want to see Gastelum versus Bobby Knuckles. I think you and I have talked about it a bunch, but he lost I mean, so to the other he- guy.
1: Yeah, I mean the way I see it, they're both on deck, and uh, to quote uh, your Braun Strowman, both of them can get these hands from Bobby Knuckles, so it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, I mean that's fair. I like Braun Strowman getting brought up in this podcast. The wrestling, the wrestling transition would have been better in like twenty minutes. Um, co-main event: Colby Covington goes out there, and he was the betting favorite by the time the fight started. Put on a, per- honestly, I came out of this fighting fight thinking he was more like Chael than I thought in that he reminded me of the way Chael fights, which is like, I'm just going to keep going forward and try to put pressure on this guy with my limited striking and just try to grapple the hell out of him. Um, he's obviously... It's weird, because I, I felt that they were, announcers were trying to tell a story of this fight that wasn't reality for a lot of it, because I remember like we were in round three or four, and I'm like, I think it was round four, where I'm like, I got 2-2. Two, two. And I'm looking online, and a lot of people had 2-2. Two, two. And some people had 3-1. Basically, the first round is the one that's up for debate in this fight. Well, I saw an MMA decisions It was like 51-49 uh, in favor of Covington. So I went into the fifth round thinking this is 2-2. And then RDA got put on his ass, and I was like, well, it's the end of this fight. Um, Covington went out there, took care of business in the sense that he won a fight by decision and took out uh, RDA, said a bunch of weird shit, and then said he's going to take the belt to the White House. And then uh, Dana White said he can make that happen, so... If you thought Dennis Rodman was going to be a weird addition to the White House, this gentleman in a blue suit that is a little bit too tight on him, he'll be there next. So um, any thoughts on the fight itself? Let's go with that first before I talk about uh, where we're headed now with uh, Covington and Woodley. Um, Mike?
0: Uh, I know you said you saw it 2-2 heading into the 5th. I had to re-watch that fight. Before we got on here, because
2: the first was, in fairness, people just people seem to be right down the center with that one. Which way that first round went? That was just me, too. Too. A lot of people had three, one.
0: Yeah, so I actually saw it four rounds to one. Um, Although I disagree with, I guess, the narrative that was being said online that uh, Covington dominated RDA. if I remember my commentary to you right before I left to come back home after watching that fight was after each round. It was, okay, I guess i give that one to Covington, but nothing really happened. He just did slightly more than RDA and kept them up against the wall pretty much the whole round. Um, so I guess I gave it four rounds, but it, was, eh,
1: it, it wasn't
0: that exciting a decision. And I, okay, he's champion. Congratulations.
2: Stephon, what did you think of the man's performance? Went out there, said he was gonna win, got the job done.
1: Uh, he did. You know, um, we don't like the guy. Uh, obviously, the my favorite part of this fight was the crowd, crowd chanting "Colby sucks" throughout it. <laughs> um, that was the highlight of the fight to me because I didn't give a fuck about that guy. And um, but you know, I can be objective and give him his props. Uh, I think I had it two-two too, going into the final round. I think the thing you can say about it is the rounds that you give to Colby were clearer than the rounds you give to RDA because even RDA at his best never looked that good in this fight and the rounds that were clearly Colby were just he smothered him. you know he smothered him in the clinch. you know it was that fifth round and we had spent the first three minutes with RDA pinned against the fence, not even taken down, just pinned against the fence and I'm like, well, that's how this fight ends, you know um, And I actually think your your assessment is pretty spot on it's kind of weird. Fighting-wise, Colby Covington really kind of is the evolutionary Chael Sonnen character shtick. He's like a devolved version of Chael Sonnen. It's without the cleverness, without the wit, without the foresight of thought, without the architecture for what he's actually trying to achieve. Um, But yeah, it's and it's what I thought he was too, right? It's when a fighter who does not have an aesthetically pleasing style needs to get your attention somehow. So he's the loud screaming child who says "look at me," but he can't get a finish. You want to say his striking is dynamic because he throws spinning shit, but it's not effective. Yeah, he doesn't no. hit With it, he doesn't finish with it. Um, he had he'll throw ground and pound, but it's not necessarily that good. Uh, like if nothing's coming through cleanly, you know he has positional. He has great positional control. Um, sorry if you are tapping. My uh, dog is humping her bed. I but, was gonna say, uh,
2: Lupio's having a hell of a time over there.
1: She's uh you know, it's summertime. We all gotta have our fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah. No, I, did, that's, I, think, that's... I think he nailed it with the sun and thing. And honestly, good fighter, but he's not worth more words for me. I don't, I don't appreciate his stick. Well, uh, I uh... will. But...
2: oh no, I mean, if you go ahead, I was, I was about to go into the Woodley thing. So if you have more, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say is, um, I doubt you didn't. You guys caught it live. Uh, if the fights were already going too late, This but, thing? Um, Fucking Bisming <laughs> Who would have thought Bisping comes out with a win? Like, Bisming gets a win on Colby. That's how unpopular Colby Covington is, is that people walked away from their exchange, man. Like, man, Bisping's got a real level head. Bisping's being real mature here. Colby needs to grow the fuck up. Like... Wow, where have we come in like three weeks? How far have we come from Michael Bisping's retiring? Good, good riddance. He's an asshole, piece of shit. Oh, he's talking to Colby Covington. Man, <laughs> Bisping is a true English gentleman. God, teach Colby Covington some manners, like man. Honestly, he, that, he, look, the I love Michael Bisping. Of MMA fans is amazing.
2: You know how much I love Michael Bisping. I, there was a part of me that was just like, man, you're retired. We probably don't need this. <laughs> like, and then like Ariel made a fair comparison where he's like, it was kind of like if Jalen Rose. Okay, somebody better than Jalen Rose, like, like if like I don't know Draymond or Durant got on their show and like, he started shit talking him after the guy won a championship. Look, I love Michael Bisping, but part of me is like, man, what are we doing here? Um, but it was funny. It was real funny. Um, all right, so uh, I'm gonna bring up Tyron Woodley because Tyron Woodley is now the biggest baby face in MMA. If you look at the comments on Twitter now, um, but he was on Ariel's show today, um, which we're talking about Ariel, MMA hour a little bit later today. Give it its due, but uh, Tyron Woodley went out there, Steph, and he um, he exposed the business, if you will, to put it in pro wrestling terms, because he's like, yeah, like six months ago, Colby started talking, and I I called him, and I was like, what what are you doing? And Colby was like, yeah, man, you know, we're trying to build up this fight. You and I both get fed at the end of this. We both get paid. Yada yada yada. And I'm like, God, Woodley, you're just you're 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 ruining it, man. You're breaking kayfabe here. Um, not that we didn't know that that was exactly what was happening here. Um, and then, like, he went on this whole thing about, like, yeah, this one guy at ATT writes all of Colby's lines. His name is this. And then at the end then at the end of it, Woodley was just like, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. He's like, he's terrible. He says nobody likes him. He says, I'm going to beat him up, and if the referee tries to stop the fight, I'm going to slow down so Colby can recover, and I'm going to beat him up some more. And I know Todd and Woodley's had a lot of boring-ass fights, and people are going to say, oh, Woodley's going to have a boring fight with him. I don't know, maybe but i also know that uh i know rda is not a counter striker stuff on and you know who is a fucking counter striker woodley and his missile of a
1: right hand yeah i mean <laughs> he's not going to press him against the fence. Uh-uh, man.
2: he's not going to take him down
1: <laughs> tyron thunder Thighs, woodley you're not taking that man down that man it has legs like tree trunks um you know i mean you're talking about kfabe um, but, you know, WWE, take notes. This is what you should be doing with Roman Reigns. We've talked about it. What is the key to every good hero? They have to start as a villain. Mm-hmm. And Tyron Woodley is about to get his face turned. Woo! Tyron Here Woodley it comes. is about to become a beloved child because he's going to fight public enemy number one. You know, uh, it's, you don't like him, but it's it's working. And as someone who likes Tyron Woodley, that's the one silver yep. lining in this. Boley <laughs> Covington is going to turn my boy who had his appearance in nwa and even in a theater full of black people i feel like you and i were the only ones who knew who the hell tyron woodley was <laughs> yeah like, that definitely I was happened when he showed up being a part of ice cubes crew but uh my man he's about to get his face turned and i think well deserved
0: um now can we can we ask uh i think the question people need to ask um do people hate Col- colby covington because of what he's saying or do people hate Colby Covington, at least amongst the MMA community, because we all know his shtick, and it, he's not even doing his shtick right.
2: He were you saying it, Mike? Where one of the embeds, he looked like he was just training, and then all of a sudden, it looked like he had to like say some shit. Like he's like, oh, no, I gotta say some wild shit. That's why people are tuning
0: yeah, into this. <laughs> Yeah, whereas like it was one part in the embedded where maybe forty-five seconds had gone by, or maybe a minute had gone by, where it just looked like he was just being a normal dude, and you could almost see in his face just a slight bit of panic. Like the gears the were turning, and, like, man. The brain just moving, just thinking. Oh fuck, I need to
1: say some shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean to your point, Mike. I think it's both. You know, it's it's always both because there is a certain segment of the audience who's not that clever. Uh, I, I'll say that the people who hate Lavar Ball, you know, I think they're the ones who hate Colby because oh, he's such an asshole. But there's also people who just think the shtick is dumb, and those are the people like me who get Lavar Ball, but I think the shtick is dumb. You know, although,
0: like, although there's one difference though, I totally believe Lavar Ball is just always like that.
2: Well, because Lavar Ball is a better actor than Colby Cummington is what it is, Mike.
0: All right, that, look, that, that I mean,
2: look, joke. let's. Uh, it's just. He's playing like he's just he's I Do you know what I enjoyed? I was listening to um let I'm gonna plug another podcast here, but it's a wrestler I'm, I'm Sam Roberts podcast, he's a uh, he's a wrestling podcast, and like a lot of wrestling people were watching this event, so you know, because of CM Punk. And he was talking about Colby Covington, he's like, Man, he says Colby Covington's supposed to be some sort of hot promo in MMA. That shit, he's 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 like, that shit is below average easily in current WWE, and I'm like yeah, he's not good. At, that's the thing. It's bothering me how bad he is at it. That's what's bothering me. And I know I'm I t- for a guy I don't want to talk about. Stefan always makes a joke. I should buy his fucking shirt. Like I talk about him a ton, but I'm like, he's so bad at this. Like I feel so much better of like, and I don't know if, how well this is working because Chael's got Chail was good at this, and I know he's good at this because Chael's got like three million Twitter followers, and this some bitch got like
0: forty thousand. Like you can think of. Ten easy, memorable chal lines. Like I'm gonna, what was it like? I'm gonna whoop Anderson's ass, slap his wife on the ass, and make her cook me a steak sandwich. And or I'm something still. Like he that. said
2: he was gonna feed a bus a carrot. That still is funny to me on some level. I'll be honest. It's like been like ten years almost. Like I, mean, I always
1: give him hell because he bit a fucking Aziz Ansari joke about like time machines. Like, yeah, of all the things he reached out to pull material from.
2: Yeah, it was just something like I don't know. It might be like. Uh, it's like an uh, it's like a, another wrestling term. It's called X-Pac heat, where you're not getting heat as a heel as much as like people are, like you're a bad guy. You're getting heat because people just are sick of your shit and they don't want to watch you. But I don't know. It's just there was an article I put it up there in our group chat. There was an article in the Hill about this thing and his thing. He called them the Philadelphia Eagles, which Mike gave more credit to it than I did. But I feel this guy's got one line and that's calling people filthy animals. And he really didn't you know veer off the path too much for Philadelphia so he's a
1: real uh
2: home alone fan yeah fuck it let's just get into the next thing i think tata woodley's gonna uncork a right hand and detach this man's head from his shoulders so i could be wrong though i pick up i've been wrong left and right in this fucking thing holly home megan anderson um we talked about this fight last week and i think i had seen most of i've seen her fight more often than most of the guys if i remember correctly and i said this is way too early and that was pretty clear right guys
1: Yeah, um, the one thing I do give, I wasn't super familiar with Megan Anderson, so it was just nice to see her in the cage. Um, And that was the initial narrative um, before Holly kind of took it over, was when you saw their size discrepancy, apparently the gambling line changed at the weigh-ins because no one had seen these two ladies stand next to each other. And yeah, this is what a real featherweight looks like. You know, yeah. and uh, Holly dominated. Um, unfortunately, my takeaway from this is essentially Cyborg still doesn't have an opponent. <laughs> is because uh, Holmes got nothing for her, and Megan Anderson definitely doesn't have anything for her. So um, I guess Holmes is probably next for Amanda Nunes. Why the hell not?
2: Yeah, when I was saying That's that, this I is, remember I was always, I was pushing the thing, Mike, that this was a pointless fight. If like we're trying to get the Holly Ho- to get the Megan Anderson, of Cyborg. Because let's just do it. And I wasn't doing it because I thought Megan Anderson was going to beat Cyborg. It's because I was worried about shit like this. Like, this is all we got. Let's just send her
0: out there. Yeah, because now all that's happened now is that Holly Holm isn't going to fight at 145. Or at least Holly Holm isn't going to fight Cyborg at 145. And no one wants to see that fight again. And now you've burned through a potential challenger for Cyborg. Even though none of us really thought that Megan Anderson had anything for Cyborg... If there's one thing the 145 division doesn't have, it's not even just title challengers. It's women. There's no rankings. Like, like what's, in the class. what's the point in having Megan Anderson fight a, I guess quote unquote, a tuna fight against you know against Holly Holm We're having her fight Cyborg? No, just throw these chicks at Cyborg. Let her beat them.
2: Yeah, I uh, what, I'm, what we're looking for was like a Horaguchi against Mighty Mouse. Well, we're all like. This is like six fights early. Fuck it. Send him out there. And granted, you know, there was probably other options in that case. In this case, there are no other options. Send her the fuck out there. Let's see what happens. It's um, nice to see Holly Holm do other stuff, though. That's just, you know, she's been training all these years. Got some takedowns, go for some submissions, more or less. Wasn't bad to see. Um, sounds like she wants 100. Sounds like she can do whatever she wants, but 135-pound fight. I guess Amanda Nunes, I'd like to see that. Doesn't seem like a bad fight. So, Ty Tuvasa, Andrei Arlovski. I just think Ty Vasas' entrance with uh, the Titanic song was wonderful because there's a the one point. I don't know the words of the song. There's a one where the crowd very clearly started singing along at one point.
1: Whoa! Is boy gonna act like he doesn't know the no, words? No, but it's
2: like, you know, like it's like you know what I mean. I, I know the words, but like you know what I mean. Like the part in the song where she like takes like a deep, like a real breathy word.
1: Oh yeah. It, it, yeah, it's at the it's at that beat drop then you don't talk about bar, right like wherever you
2: are. Yeah, like the whole like yeah, the whole crowd got into that for a moment. And I, he didn't, was just, I
1: didn't know that part. You, you were half asleep too
2: during this half of this thing, worth mentioning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I remember that. I just I didn't know the worst, And so my heart will go on. But besides, my heart will go on.
2: Um I thought in this fight, I thought Toy it was a really close fight. You could have gone the other way, honestly. Um but like the main event, I felt the better result happened. You know, the better result was this guy winning. Um, that shoey thing is fucking gross. Uh,
1: it is. I appreciated Joe just being like, "I'm not giving you my fucking shoe, man." Well, that, like, that's th- Joe <laughs> for a second was not in on it. He's like, like Ty asked him for his shoe, and Joe's like, "Hell no, man, well, that's disgusting." Well, that I wasn't worried he was gonna, you my shoe. I
2: thought he was gonna do it in the cage. I'm like, "Yo, man, there's three more fights. Like, we can't have a beer in the cage. The, the proper one is the one where the guy spits in it after he pours the beer in, which is." The second one he did, that dude hawked a loogie in that motherfucker. Like, this guy's going to fail a drug test for the herp or something, man. Like, this is not good.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. So gross. Even if it
2: was my own shoe, I'd be like, oh, this is real gross. Like, it's just, it's just, this is not good.
0: Um, you know, it's, it's weird enough if you drink out of someone else's beer that you don't know. It's another thing for that dude to hawk a loogie in that said beer. And then say, here, here you go. Here's some more
1: bubbles. Yeah,
2: and let's get that toe jam in there, too, man. You know, that's... I mean...
1: um, I
0: forgot about that.
1: The (laughs) last thing I always want to say about the fight, and I think it'll be a perfect segue into talking about the next fight that opened the card, is um, while it was closer than I thought it'd be, I think we all kind of thought Ty might smoke Andre. Um, But, you know, Andre still showed his crafty veteranship. Uh, But the one thing you'll see with Ty is the skill set is there. Um, He's young. The skill set is there. I think it'll translate. And as long as he keeps developing, I think he's going to be fine.
2: They're like, Tie to Tui no, Hate hates training, loves fighting. I'm like, well, okay, we got to move from he's like, We can't go with hate. We got to go with dislikes at least. We got to make our way towards dislikes.
1: Begrudgingly does.
2: Yeah. Partakes in. At least get to the Quentin Jackson level of training where you'll do it. They'll be It'll be hard for them to find you sometimes. You might be at a bar, but ultimately you're probably going to train. At least get to that point. Um, CM Punk, Mike Jackson, uh, CM Punk came out, crowd was into it, uh, Mike Jackson came out, first round, and looked like CM Punk got, learned some stuff, I thought he hit him in the face a couple times, and then he started getting real tired, and then Mike Jackson thought he was Roy Jones Jr. out there, and somehow was supposed to be impressed with the fact that he wasn't ending this fight, when... It was one of those times where I was just like, this guy, I was really hoping for that Dana White impulse decision where he shits on a guy. And I got exactly that step on, where I was just like, give me that. Because after the fight, Dana White's like, this guy might as well be 0-2. Which I was just, I mean, some of it was them shifting the blame for this terrible fight onto Mike Jackson, you know, because they booked this thing. But I don't need to see that dude fight anymore either. So.
1: I mean, yeah, it's, you know, you had the full real world, like, reality check if you didn't already firmly believe it. Um, Sorry, I have, like, a sneeze coming on. Um, there was, you know, the second and third round is... Clearly, he was exhausted, and he didn't have the skill set. And CM Punk couldn't do anything, but that really wasn't an excuse for why Mike Jackson couldn't do anything. Um, you know, his whole sitting in the guard, looking off in the camera, and, like, okay, he's not hitting me or threatening me with a sub, but, like, you're giving him little pattering shots to the thigh? Like, it was it was terrible in that regard. Um, It just sucks. It's a bummer. It's, like, again... You know it's it's not that no, for all the people who are like i told you so i told you so it's like you're not correcting me on anything yeah. i just was optimistic and i hoped for a nicer outcome it's, uh, it's not like I, ex- I expected anything like Man, I sp- CM, but anyway, it was it was it was a little disappointing is you know in the first round my, my two te- takeaways were um were quotes i think that sum up the fight was um uh, Duke Rufus, is at the end of first round saying, one, to CM Punk, all right, let's not worry about kicks anymore. Let's not <laughs> let's not worry about kicking anymore. And then in the second and third rounds, don't punch off your back. Don't throw punches off your back. Like, <laughs> there was a point where, yeah, it's just CM Punk, he's, he's an old dude who wasn't built for this. And, you know, your I insects mean- kick in, right? In a fight, your insects kick in. And he reverted to all these real beginner style fighting tactics it's it's not a great place for him to be if he really wants to do it he needs to do this like away from the eyes of the public
2: yeah and um look it was bad i remember like mike we were at one point we were walking the other day and i'm like hey man if this gets past like the second minute you know it's gonna be real bad right you're like oh yeah this is about to be oh and what in a terrible
0: fight um although uh i think the shining moment in the fight and probably the most happiest moment of, I think, the card, especially for you, Bobby, was uh, those like five, ten seconds uh, after CM Punk got that takedown.
2: That was awesome. That was so great. But the crowd, the crowd, that's the thing. He got the biggest fucking pop of the night. Um, and I remember him thinking it was, he's like, I don't know if i get booed. I'm like, you're CM Punk in Chicago. I don't care if, the, if they filled it with whatever, the city council office. They know who you are. Um, and people follow the news. CM Punk getting out of this week, not getting his ass sued off, winning that lawsuit, was the biggest fucking victory. Like, that was going to be a real fucking situation. Um, And uh, if you could read up on the lawsuit between him and the WWE doctor, which was financed by the WWE doctor, and they motioned, they put enough motions out there to stretch the fight out, the trial out, to make sure it would happen during the time when he was fighting. They'll come out. that That was definitely what fucking happened. Let's not even question I mean, that part. <laughs> his
1: line was, uh, and this is the thing, is like, maybe you don't like that he got his spot, but I, I I, come to the defense of the guy for the people who try to, like, really hate the man, because I think he's, he's a very well meaning, nice dude. Like, he came away with an optimistic outlook of, hey, I'm one on one on the week, and I will absolutely take that.
2: Like, that, that shit would have been, you can't convince me that didn't affect him. He wasn't going to win, but, like, that shit would have been financially ruinous. That would have been so bad. Um,. And stuff, on you'll appreciate this. Like a couple days ago, I was hanging out with Mike, and I really, I, I spent like a good like forty minutes trying to explain to Mike why CM Punk is who CM Punk is to us. And I think Mike, you got a pretty good idea of who why we're on board with this guy as much as we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, you showed me the YouTube video where I think it's titled "CM Punk Tells the Truth," and I guess yeah. it's him giving what was it you called it a a gooey a gooey set? What's it called? A a shoot interview? There we go. I was like, I
2: was like, no, I showed him the pipe bomb, and then I kind of, the best part about the pipe bomb, by the way, people, the best thing about the pipe bomb interview for CM Punk is all that shit happened in real life all of a sudden. He got sued. Like, all of a sudden, like, what he said about that place was real. Like, all of it was real. So, yeah, I mean, he's CM Punk. He was the indie darling. So, you guys who are WDF, WBF fans now, you know this. You wouldn't see Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan any of these motherfuckers from the Indies right now if it wasn't for that guy. So, anyway, uh, he's done, though. We're not going to see him fight in the UFC. We're not going to see either of them fight in the UFC. I don't know about Bellator, even. I don't know if he needs to do this, man. I don't. I mean, he has a good life. He can, like, you know, he can do Indie spot appearances if he wants. He's, I know he writes for Marvel. I'll well, bet anybody money that he's going to show up at the All In Indie show in September. Like, I don't know why he would keep doing this. I mean, I, it's his dream. Maybe he wants to just keep training. Maybe he wants to do small shows like Batista did, but... You know, a lot of people don't know Batista even fought. He did in that smaller shows. So that's it though. Curtis Blades, Alistair Overeem. Um this thing Overeem does in his fights the last like couple of years where he doesn't do anything and then tries to counter strike a guy doesn't work where the big dude when the big dude gets on top of you and starts punching your face in, right, Steph?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna fault Overeem. It's a style he had to adapt to he's crackable you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't have that strong of a chin and it's a heavy division you know he has to be like and to his uh effort is you know because i want to give props to blades for this uh blades is one of those guys and i feel like if mark were here he'd corroborate this with me because we kind of have this take on certain guys like we know they're good we just don't really get excited about them you know you hear their name you see them on the marquee you're not necessarily looking forward to their fight even though it's not like they have bad performances or anything. But I really want to give credit to him after this because Overeem had his moments, and he had his moments where Mark said he would have his moments. That was in the clinch. Overeem got some great knees and some great punches in there, and he cracked Curtis' blades. And so it's two fights in a row now when you go back to his Mark Hunt one. Curtis can take a shot, and when his wrestling instincts kick in, they are good. Um... Yeah, you and
2: Stefan, on, on and we know in the official, it's time amazing record book. He's six in a row with victories because we don't recognize losses due to testing positive for weed. Like he's my book, in my book, you row. get an
1: extra, you get an extra. Win. He might you be seven bonus. and zero. Oh. That's get a bonus good point for being high.
2: Yeah, his only losses to um, scary Francis and Ganyu and he got it says TKO, but that was hey man, I'm still standing. But I got a I got a fucked up looking face right now. Like he was still there.
1: You know, I think this, it was a cut. This, this boy's got a chin. He's something to worry about just because of how tough he is. Mm. And my god, those elbows, like I rarely get squeamish from MMA. Those three consecutive elbows to uh, the center of Overeem's face. That made me cringe a little bit like you saw that slice happen in slow motion as that elbow dropped. And then when Reem's hands just went down and the other ones came in clean. um, Yeah, Blades he wants next, and I can't say no to him. I can't yeah, it's, he- it's
2: heavyweight. We don't know what's going on. We're all sitting here wondering if kane's going to get a title shot after not fighting for three years. Uh, Mike, we've seen Overeem get knocked out like the 14 times, and I know we all like Overeem, and I know like these knockouts are spread out over the course of like 12 different body types. That's a lot of knockouts from big dudes, and he's not young, and he's had like 60 fights. I'm more so just going to keep talking here, and you tell me if you- we need to worry about this guy or not. <laughs>
0: I think we got to worry about any heavyweight. Uh, most of them, they don't survive very long. I would say at a high level, um, and they get hit very, very hard, and a lot of them in the head. And Overeem isn't a spring chicken. Man,
2: so, man, I thought I was kidding with fourteen. It was hyperbole. He's been knocked out thirteen times. That's it, a lot of brain in damage. this sport. Didn't Bata Hari k- kick his shit in also one time, Steph?
1: Yeah, he's been knocked out in kickboxing.
2: Yeah, so I'm just saying, I like Overeem. I know Mark loves Overeem. And uh, don't want to tell the man not to stop working because, I mean, there's another guy we should tell to, we should say that to, fucking Rashad Evans. But, by the way, it's worth mentioning the only person from Chicago who won anything on this card was uh, Curtis Blades. Lamas, Rashad, CM Punk, fucking Arlovsky's claim in Chicago. I mean, in fairness, he's been there a while. Clay Guida, none of these guys won anything only curtis blades uh claudia gadelia carla Barza. they had a fun little scrap carla says claudia cheated Stephon says carla should have won anyway that's my i, I don't got I, we were driving and trying to park i can't really tell you much Stefan, what do
1: you got <laughs> um yeah it's i mean i can understand the argument for 2-1 claudia but i don't like it because i think the deciding round was your wing Claudia got a takedown and had about 2 minutes of nothing. She had control but nothing happened. And then in there were other parts of the fight either Carlo was holding her own grappling or she was punching Claudia's face in. It's one of those fights where you see one fighter is clean but tired and the other's fighter is face is all messed up. It's one of it's you know you call it the Diaz school of scoring but I thought it was very fair. I thought Carla won, and this is coming from someone I'm not especially a fan of. Carla, I picked against her, but I thought she won. Um, and I thought she needed to win because Carla is someone we've been writing off. We kind of don't think she has anything. We she won the title, then she lost it, and everyone who came up we thought was better than her. So I kind of felt like it's not so egregious that it's a robbery, but I felt like she had a win stolen from her, if that makes sense. Because um, I thought she did everything that a fighter should have to do to win. Um, I, I I value damage over control. You know, Claudia it's weird to say, say that. It's weird
2: videos. to say that about Carla Esparza and Claudia and It'd be the other way around, by the way.
1: Yeah, because that's given the way, way they fight what they do. Um, and then I, I was telling you guys before, but I'll just mention it for anyone who didn't catch it. Um, I was cracking up so bad. Is because Carla does have a connection to Chicago. I guess um, I don't know if she's from there but she is not
2: on, i don't know the crowd was so into carla i had to think they like, were on her side something though. was going on that she must have been maybe her she, maybe felice because felice is from there or something i don't know and they know their they buddies just, i don't
1: get it they were on her side they were cheering for her and i think they i think it's also in a fight like that you recognize the fighter who's throwing punches versus the fighter who's just trying to control you know you 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 end up turning towards the fighter who actually wants to fight you know, and actually press the action, who which Carla was. So when the uh, decision was announced, and I think the ju- you know the, the commentators, they had a little, ooh, I'm not sure about that. Like, you know, they at least entertained that the fight should have gone to Carla. The crowd definitely thought it did. And so in the sea of booze, Claudia Gadelia gets on the mic and she's like, people, people, don't boo Carla. She was a great champion. She worked really hard. It's like it's not what they're booing, Claudia. But Claudia like, didn't read Claudia, Claudia didn't reel the
2: room. read the, Claudia, read the room. Claudia's the room.
1: got a future in politics because that spin cycle. Oh, they're not booing this decision. You're booing the person who lost and is leaving the cage. Like, good job, Claudia. I, Mike, I had a good laugh. At
2: Mike, what about your girl cheating, ran. She out there cheating? She greasing?
0: it. Look, look man. Um, in the tough house, it has. Uh, Never leave it in the hands of the judges. That's the only option Carla has, man. You've seen her fight. The other part that's not there, the addendum, if you will, is um, so it goes never leave it in the hands of the judges. Because if not, some hating ass people going to come out of the woodwork. We got Carla. We got Stefan. (laughs) We got everyone in Chicago. Just hating, hating, hating.
2: I like I like that Mike's crush on Claudia gadelia doesn't allow him just to have any criticism of her at any e level. It makes me happy. So Mike, 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 and Claudia, uh, Claudia Gedalia, It's like Mark and Sam Cecilia, right, Stefan? Uh, I like the, I
1: like I personally like that being Mark's favorite fighter because I'm pretty sure he can't pick him out a lot. Oh, at this
2: I there's I no way. I, mean, I think I told Mark Sam Cecilia was a Bellator. And he's like, huh? When did that happen? <laughs>
1: It'd be a basic level switch, like if you showed him a Mexican guy and said he's a <laughs> sandilia. Like, oh my god, he was Mexican the whole time? Like <laughs> Mark had no idea who that man is.
2: Um, some of the prelims which none of us saw, but worth mentioning. And Anthony Smith knocked out Rashad Evans in fifty-three seconds. And I like I Rashad has made a lot of money. Like a lot of money doing this, and it's not why he does this, clearly. He just wants to go out on a win. It's not in the cards, man. And uh I don't like seeing him get knocked out this often. So I hope he calls it a day.
1: Man, uh, you know he's going to get his win over Chael Sonnen and Bellator. Yeah. And then he'll call it a day. Sergio... And then Chael will wrestle the fuck out of him. Oh, God.
2: Sergio, Pettis... Sergio Pettis gets a title shot now. You beat Joseph Benavidez. Anybody just... I wish I saw it
1: because uh, I, I kind of perpetually hold uh, it against Sergio that his brother is Anthony.
2: Well, yeah, because um, uh, Uriah was... I didn't see it, but I remember Uriah was talking about it. Like, Ariel asked Uriah who he thought won, which I assume Uriah would just be like Benavidez. He's like, man, he says, I thought Joseph got it, but it was a really close fight, and uh, Sergio was being uh, was landing the cleaner, it was landing more accurately, and I'm just like, okay, he's giving credit to the kid. But he also said that like that fight happened like six years ago when Sergio was like 16 and visiting the gym. Like they sparred back then, which is nuts. I I like Sergio Pettis. He, he's just not very... He's not finishing fights, which is his biggest problem, quite frankly, with his style. Um, Mike, you got a problem? I mean, the guy beat Joseph Benavides. Fuck it. Give him a shot, huh?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I, sh- I shit on Sergio pretty hard last week. Uh, pretty much just discredited him as just a together. altogether. Uh, he, hey, he beat Joe B. I didn't think that was going to happen. So props to him. Yeah. Uh, Oliveira got Guida real quick in that fight. Got him with that
2: guillotine choke. Um, and he said he wants to go back to featherweight, which is just, sure, 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 Charles. Why not? You've only missed weight, like, three fucking times. Like, on average. didn't button. see it,
1: um, but I heard Dan Ike steamrolled Santiago. Oh, yeah. That was, that was a rough night like for Santiago. He just ran in and punt, re, almost literally steamrolled It just ran right over
2: it. Well, because, yeah, because I, I looked at my phone, it was like, you know, it was like 12 minutes into the prelims. I'm like, Guida's entering the cage. I'm like... What happened to the first fucking fight? Like, that was nuts. Um, yeah, this card was deep, folks, and um, a lot of decisions. But some, you got an excellent main event. And honestly, it's weird to say this, but like the main event is almost the only fight that matters with these cards because you go home happy after that. <laughs> you don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> so, um, UFC is not a card next week. There's going to be a card in uh, in two weeks in uh, Singapore. Which is going to be uh, Leon Edwards, who quite frankly deserves a big matchup like this. He's like on a six-fight win streak. Leon Edwards is taking on Donald Cerrone, who at this point will fight any of these young guys, despite the fact that it may not be the smartest move, as we saw when he took on Mr. Darren Till. But that's happening. Still a prospect, Tyson Pedro, taking on not a prospect anymore, but he's there. OSP, uh, Jessica Rose Clark versus Jessica I. This card sucks.
0: On paper, what what were you expecting after such a
2: stacked card this week? Man, how come Teruto can't get on the fucking main card, man? Li Jingling gets on the main card over Teruto at this point. Teruto doesn't win. Where's the anything. fight? Singapore.
0: More Chinese people in Singapore. Than the, other, the problem
2: people. is Teruto does not win fights like at all. The fun, the cookie party fun, is over with that dude. He's not winning shit.
0: Cookies he's dung on stale.
2: Um so um they announced a couple things this I think I mean I don't want really news happened this week besides uh they announced that mighty Ma- they announced the next time Mighty Mouse is gonna beat up Henry Sahudo uh in August, which look we all recognize Henry Sahudo's gotten, gotten better, but I mean Stefan, do you think this time he doesn't get finished, maybe? Maybe he makes it the whole five rounds, or do you think he's just gonna get finished again?
1: I mean I'm just not, I'm not interested in anyone like, you know, we're talking about like, you know, Sergio Pettis. I'm, I'm not interested in anyone in that division. I'm I'm ready for Mighty Mouse to move on from it. He's yeah, cleared they, it.
2: they probably should have paid him.
1: He's cleared it. You know, like we're just, we're just wasting prime years of his now. I don't, yeah. in an era where all these non-title, non-correct division fights are happening. Why is it one of the few ones that actually matters to a guy's legacy can't happen?
2: yeah they're like hey we want you to fight tj he's like great guy's gonna pay us because this fight's gonna be real big and they're like nah we're not and he's like well that doesn't make any sense so (laughs) and here we are folks
1: (laughs) mma 2018 mighty mouse
2: Mouse is just like fine i'll just mighty mouse is like i think mighty mouse is like i'll do 20 in a row i don't give a shit he says Um, I i don't
1: know if you were getting to it i was gonna ask what your opinion was um there was another announcement this week um, it happened during the pay per view. and... Um, oh, I know, yeah. Go ahead, Steph. If you, if you caught the reaction to it, because that's what I found most interesting, they announced Ronda Rousey's going into the Hall of Fame.
2: Wasn't the reaction pretty positive? I don't know. Was the reaction bad? I don't know the why. It
1: was like a kind of a rumble in the audience, like. A lot of, I think, basically, um, I th- I can't remember who I heard say it. It was one of the post-fight shows I saw. Um, basically, the reaction that I took away from it is there are a lot of fans who has, still have hurt feelings by Ronda Rousey.
2: You know what it reminds me of? She left the kind of like it kind of reminds me of when Brock left um, left wrestling, where like they just one day were gone, and you're like, wait, like we 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 decided you you were next, like you were that, you were the person. We you were g- gonna run this shit like we had like we all kind of decided it was her and Connor. Remember, like this is what we're gonna do right now. Yeah. And then like she lost a couple times and we never saw her again.
1: <laughs> I, I I definitely heard a lot of kind of grumbling. It really I think a lot of people, or at least a, there is a big segment that is, hey, you turned your back on us, so fuck you.
2: Yeah, hey, so, just but to be clear, she hundred percent deserves this 70, 17 different ways, but this, question, Does just, she deserve this it. Spot? Seems real early, by the way, like real early. But sure, I mean, you gotta you gotta make this sound interesting. Make this Hall of Fame thing sound interesting. So maybe she'll show up. Actually, she seemed pretty honored by it, writing about that on uh on Instagram, hoping saying she was hopefully the first of many women. Which I'm like, yeah, you, Misha. I don't know who else is retired. That would win. That it would be. That would go in there. In a just world, Gina Carano, to be honest, how important she was, but this we know. This the UFC Hall of Fame is seriousness is roughly the same as the WWF Hall of Fame's. So, and that is not at all. Um, want to talk about the MMA Hour, real briefly, or I don't know how long, but briefly. So MMA Hour, I'm ringing this up because um, if you're an MMA fan, you recognize the MMA Hour is essentially the content. It creates the content for all the news that happens in MMA up until a Friday, basically. Uh, and Ariel Hawani today recorded his final MMA hour. And I know he's going to go to ESPN, and they're going to give him a Monday show. And hopefully it gives him a bunch of time to interview a bunch of folks. But we don't know. He just said it's going to be a Monday show where he interviews people. just want to, again, recognize that he essentially is the news of MMA for the entire Entire week, his his show. There's articles on every other different website talking about the news. I got to check out what the fuck happened on his show before we record this show most of the time. To be like, all right, well, what the fuck got announced? Who called? Who called who a bitch? What's who has a broken hand that he didn't disclose? You know that type of stuff. Like, so just uh, and uh New York Rick said he's not gonna he's leave he's leaving also, which Mike was watching with me. I thought it was pretty implied that New York Rick's coming to the coming to ESPN or at least they're gonna try. So, But either way, um, props to Ariel on MMA Hour being what it was. Even though the UFC tried to kill his career about two years ago. We're not going to forget that. Um, now they're stuck with him, Mike. They're stuck with him. They He works. He's getting there first. He's getting to ESPN
0: first. Dana um, White doesn't need no pepper because he is salty as fuck. Ooh, yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, just congratulations to the MMA Hour team. I really hope MMA Fighting uh, finds a suitable. I don't know if they're going to keep that show, quite frankly, because I don't think they got anybody there who could do it, necessarily. Uh, they really have more a bunch of writers, is my understanding. And Luke's not going to do it. People who want Luke Thomas to do it, because Luke Thomas hosts the show on Sirius Radio every day for three hours. So if you want Luke Thomas, you just pay for Sirius Radio at this point. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, wouldn't have enjoyed Tyler Woodley doing his thing today if it wasn't for Ariel. So... I'm glad ESPN is gonna take MMA seriously. If anybody else has any thought other thoughts.
1: Um, yeah, I just try to try in quickly. I mean, how many superlatives have you given Ariel Helwani over the course of our doing this podcast, you know? Um, I don't like to take the gatekeeper status in fandoms too often, because I understand it comes off as obnoxious, but the one person I feel defensive about is Ariel. Um every fan, I every supposed MMA fan I ever see that shits on him or doesn't like him. I always want them to get out of the sport because Ariel is a true pioneer of the sport in the media sphere. You know, what fighters, you know, we we get out the legends of like, you know, Hoist, Randy and Chuck and all them, what they did for the actual sport itself. Ariel really cover paved the ground. Like, you know, uh, it's just like a Sherdog, you know, like (laughs) Ariel and Sherdog are the true like.
2: He was the next step.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when it like Sherdog, uh, when, when he was like them, like that was like the like, dark forum days of the early internet, but then for it to actually become this known entity, like that's so much of Ariel's groundwork. Um, yeah, I'm happy to see he goes on, um, and to bigger, better things because if anyone's deserved it, it's this guy.
2: Yep. Um, you list, I'm going to say something real quickly also. it's going to be just sad stuff, but Anthony Bourdain,
1: and oh, I know this is... getting into my stuff.
2: Well, I mean, i us to talk about him because there is a fight connection there because Anthony Bourdain, um, I think it's because of his uh, ex-wife. Because he started, she really got into jiu-jitsu, and then he got into jiu-jitsu because if you saw that uh, pretty much the entire Henzo Gracie team was posting stuff this week because he trained with them, and she trained with them, and if you don't know the note I'm sure you heard the news at this point that Anthony... Uh, bourdain took his um took his life this week um when he was in france it's just fucking horrible news and i know i'm a huge fan of him. a lot of guys who guys here we all watch his shows on and off and i mean he once had nick nate and gilbert on his show just worth mentioning he did that once shoehorned them into an episode about la food i think just because he wanted to hang out with them so i love anthony bourdain it was just terrible news to hear that and just you know what just um watch his stuff man because it's not just a cooking show He would just show up in different countries, and we were just watching one a few, like an hour ago, me and Mike, and we were watching with my my buddy Phil here, and he was, you know, he was in fucking Egypt, and just eating with these, like, villagers and stuff, and you know what, it's, it was an important show, and he was a really influential guy, and I don't know, I just wanted to say something, and, you know, rest in peace to the man, because I was a big fan. Stefan, um, you, uh, you wanted to yeah, say some stuff, obviously. Yeah, I was.
1: I mean, that was going to kind of be my lead-in with uh, stuff I like because uh, the life and career of Anthony Ford Yeah,
2: I just, it just felt weird. I didn't, want, I didn't know what, for... I don't know what to do with then or not. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just no, do it that.
1: like you said, there's, he has an MMA connection. We saw him at a lot of crowds. You know, uh, he he he, he kind of crossed over into this niche world of ours. Um, but yeah, the guy meant a lot to me personally and a lot of people I know. Um, it's. I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. It's like the era we live in, there's such a war going on of social values. And when Anthony passed away, I thought the side that I'm on, we lost one of our best soldiers, um, if that makes sense. Um, nobody, and,
2: you know what, Steph? Nobody tried to make it seem like we were all one people more than this guy going to like. Uh, for me, I mean, like. Him going yeah. to the him going to Iran was a really big deal to me and my family. And him showing that like him just going to an Iranian house eating rice and you know eating some polo and khoresh, and we're like, yeah, he's like, yeah, these are just people. And that's when he goes everywhere. These are everybody's just people. And everybody's just Exactly. Equal,
1: you know? and, um, yeah, if you're not familiar with him, that's exactly what I'm alluding to is a man who preached a message of truly understanding each other. You know, the, the gateway is each other's food, is it? You know that he was a chef. So that was the kind of the gateways. You eat a person's food and if you eat their food, you understand that person a little bit more. If you understand that person a little bit more, you understand that culture a little bit more. If you understand that culture, you understand the world a little bit more. You know, it was, he, he really understood empathy. And like, if you're Filipino, like I am, we all have a downloaded copy of that episode where he he went to the philippines because like half you know half my social media is this one specific quote he has which is filipinos are for reasons i have yet to figure out probably the most giving of all the people on the planet like he had a kinship with our people he loved it and i had never been to the philippines and i remembered when i first went when i finally got to go to my ancestral homeland and all that I tried to recreate as much of his episode as I could because I was in such awe of it and other places he went to like, you know, we've talked about dating apps and I, and I, I say take a shot every time you see a girl mention Wanderlust and like it's just such a common thing but like Bourdain is such a credit to that. There's so many people I know who caught the travel bug from Anthony Bourdain and his shows and his philosophy and his outlook. and. You know, um, there's a lot of conversation right now about mental health, and I think that's a great thing. And it just sucks. I thought we we lost a really good one. Um, you know, like the Mister Rogers' Will You Be My Neighbor? Movies coming out in the near future, um, and I think Anthony Bourdain is cut from the same cloth. You know, um, people who really, really—they don't just say it; they really realize that there's far more things that bind us than, than separate us in this world. And we should do our best to experience those connections. Um, yeah, I'm going to miss the guy. I'm going to miss not seeing more stuff from him, hearing about his travels. Um, the dude fucking hated Yelp, which I worked for for eight years. And I thought it. I, I loved it. I loved every bad thing to say. Not like as I hate the company that way, but like his perspective. I totally got it. I'm just going to miss the guy. Um for his biting sarcasm and wit to his open like philosophies and ethics. um he was a really good one. Mike, you- I got I got a bit so go.
2: Mike, you got anything about this or Mike's having a coughing attack. Give him a moment, folks. as of while he while he, while he recovers, I just want to say everybody can download the Pluto TV app and there is a no reservations channel running that is constantly running Anthony Bourdain's show. Bourdain's show. So you can um, check it out there.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. So uh, I knew of Anthony Bourdain. I knew who he was. I never really caught his show. I won't say I wasn't a fan. I just never bothered to watch it before. So I don't have that same type of emotional connection. But um, just generally, it's, it's always a shame when someone takes their own life. And, you know, I... We also lost. Uh, what's her name? Passed away too, right? The um, um Kate Spade. Kate Spade. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, people, a, man. If you got, people if, take their lives this week,
2: guys, if you have people have problems, or you think someone has a problem, does, doesn't hurt to ask someone how they're doing, or you know, get them. Try to ask, help them get some help. It's it was it was Mental Health Awareness Month last month, you know, and uh, I, 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 I was I was pitching the uh, you watched a Moro Ronaldo documentary.
0: I saw something the other day after Bourdain died that I think it said uh, um, that the person who seems to be the strongest or seems to be laughing the hardest or just seems to never have anything wrong in his life or should have the perfect life, that might be the person you got to look out for the most. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, now that we've taken it to this
2: place, let's go with uh, Memoirs of a Fight Fan, which for like the third week in a row, nobody planned shit. So uh, somebody come up with something real quick.
1: (laughs) Man, I thought we were just going to go right by this Um, because we didn't talk about
2: that. uh, We uh, we never fucking do. Um, Who is your least favorite MMA fighter ever? Not (laughs) For reasons that aren't committing a crime. We can't all say well, fucking Joe Son and make this podcast the most depressing podcast ever. For stuff that has happened while they were in the octagon or stuff in the terms of them doing their job, giving interviews, shit like that, for I whatever reason. I
1: gave you that topic when the answer was Joe Son and then I wasn't even on that episode. Yeah, was like, I was so I goddamn grim. of depression darkness and I'm like, and I'm not going to be there for the conversation. Wait, the
2: three of us talked about Joe Son and I'm like, fucking Stefan's not even here. Jesus.
0: So Um, um, I guess I I can go first. Yeah. Um, For me, it's going to be the Frenchman. Crap. Why am I? Check Congo. Check Congo. Yes. That's the one. Uh, Walks into the cage. He got me the first like 10 times. He was walking into the cage. Each time, the first 10 times I went and watched him fight, I'm like, holy shit. This guy is a goddamn world breaker. He is Chocolate Hulk. He is going to destroy some <laughs> other efforts. And then he gets to the cage, and he'll kick some guys in the pills a few times and just just basically bore them to death. And, yeah, Czech Congo is a really disappointing fighter for me, and I hate him. I hate him to hell.
2: See, Stefan, Mike wasn't a fan during the Czech Congo beats Mustafa, Al- Mustafa Al-Turk's ass days where he just he beat up a guy just because he kicked him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was the reason like nothing was happening you got kicked in the dick beat the guy's ass
1: i mean that was the origin story of the czech congo that, yeah. that's, that was, that, that, was the gre- that, that was the green. that was the great news in the documentary where everything changed
2: yeah that was the green news hitting czech congo it was like what i could just kick people in the pills let me do that um Stefan. You got anybody uh, off the top man. of your head? We're, um, look, we're gonna, we came up with this three minutes ago. You're going to forget who it is anyway. So
1: This is tough. No, I don't have anything coming to my mind because it's like I'm trying to think, you know. So if you got one, go. But, like, this is my thought process right now. I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, who was boring? And I'm like, no one's so boring that I hate them. And the ones who are, like, some of them, like, went full steam ahead into it. Like, you know, Sun, and he knew he was boring. So he made everything else entertaining. Like, um, I feel Colby Covington doesn't deserve my hatred. Gleis, <laughs> I, I'm going to go... Uh,
2: I don't mean... Okay, hate might be the wrong word here, but, like, Glyson and Tebow has... Is, nobody has made me want to quit being an MMA fan as much as Glyson and Tebow's fights because nothing happens at all. There's no reason for the fight for me to get excited about beforehand. Nothing comes out of his fights. It's like... We just threw a wet blanket on fucking everything. Like I'm going Glycintibau, which is a little harsh for a guy who had like 30 UFC fights and put his body on the line for us. But every one of those fucking sucked. A hundred percent of them.
0: Sucked. But you know, I feel that I'm
2: really regretting this some- topic. I feel
0: bad. This shit. I, we- I know. I have my answer. We, I feel but we don't. On. I don't but, feel we don't like. But, but, we don't, but, but, I don't. But, we don't, but, don't but,
2: intentionally shit on fighters. But like,
0: I really set you, us you, up. Before here. you get to yours, though, Steph. Um, at least for T. It kind of went full circle with him, where you came to appreciate his extremely boring style of fighting. Why? Because you kind of wanted to see somebody get t-bowed. I got. You know what? I got an, I got another one. James McSweeney. Ooh yeah. <laughs> that dude yeah, talks so much point. shit for being so
2: bad at fighting. <laughs> like, and it wasn't even good shit because I don't understand what. As Rampage said, he couldn't understand what he was saying. Son again, Rashad's nuts in his mouth. All right, it made no sense. All right couldn't understand a fucking thing, and he got like four UFC... He got four straight UFC losses, on in a time where like nobody got to lose four times. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. I got those two guys. Different reasons. Stefan, what do you got?
1: <laughs> um, I'll be... Okay, so I'm gonna preface this. It's a little cheating. I don't... There's no one I really hate. Um, yeah, I hate no strong one, word. There's no one that I just... Um, there's someone who lately bothers the hell out of me. Um, and it's, it's a turn because I used to like him, but it's just a collection of behaviors um, and that is Fabrizio Verdum. Oh, uh, never
2: mind, take my mind. I hate Fabrizio Verdum. Stefan's right. You take yeah. money you take money from the dictator and you defend him and the, I, Stefan, go ahead. You wait. You know,
1: there's 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 things that were funny. Then there's just things that are distasteful. You know, um, he's he has history of butt scooting. Okay, that's a little annoying. Uh, I remember when he did the "I'm not gay" jokes. I know you're attracted to me. I'm like in 2017. I'm like fucking grow the hell up, dude. <laughs> like that's really your shit talking. Is oh he's gay for me, but I'm sorry, I'm married. Like that is pedestrian level shit talking. There is at the time I liked it. You know, th- let's be honest. Let's call it what it was. He kicked a dude's coach. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> he's got asshole behavior. the motherfucker attacking people with a boomerang. Like this is not how a grown man acts. And then you have all the dictatorship um, and then, all you know, it, it's, a, it's a, again, I don't hate him, but there's a lot of a series of extreme annoyances. Uh, his uh, his troll face, Mark's right. He jumped the shark. It was funny. And he does it too damn much. He like does it like 18 times per minute. He's he and that face are like what little children are with doing the dab. It's about how many can they do in a 10 second window? Like, it's not cool. It's can, not we, can
2: we can we talk? can we tie Ali Abdullah to this, too? While we're doing As, this, just let's just put him in mean, one mean, yeah, yeah, if there's
1: anyone I hate, it's there's managers. There's definitely managers I hate, Bobby. And if that's what we could we could call that a next one is who is our favorite and least favorite managers. I got a feeling like and yeah, Ali, he he takes. My it. favorite
2: manager is whoever GSP's manager is. Because Dana White seems most bothered by him, followed by Holly Holmes manager. But Dana White the other day literally said, GSP's retired and I'm like, You're not he's not. We know he's not. He just he's we know he's not.
1: <laughs> he just took your belt and didn't want it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, God, Ali and Kamara Usman got in a fight in the crowd somewhere this weekend. And then, like, I thought someone said it was because somebody was kneeling during the anthem, and I'm like, that can't be it.
1: There's Wait, no was way that was Colby, it. Is Colby the one who got hit by the boomerang? Yeah. Yep. See, it's Even, one of those things, like, I'm fine that he hit Colby with it, but I, as in general, I don't think you should be hitting people with a boomerang. Can
2: we bring up Angela Maganya as someone we don't like? Also,
0: because she did not need to be in the UFC. That yeah, is yes. true. She she talked a lot of shit and thought she was really good. Considering I don't think she ever won a fight in the UFC. I didn't know she won any fights anywhere. Well, she had to have at some point. This is the UFC, not necessarily. Then again,
2: Cyborg Santos probably. I mean, look, like, look. Like when Cyborg punched her, I was like, well, that was pretty funny. But at the same time, I'm like,
1: you can't be, be doing that. You can't it's be like punching people.
2: You're a champion, Cyborg. You know. <laughs>
0: Um, said. I have a question. We may have covered this when it happened back then, but did Verdum hit him with the boomerang? Like he attacked him, like with as if it was a club, or did he wing that shit like Crocodile Dundee?
1: Mike is I, sa- basically Mike is saying this, that he hit him with a good boomerang throw. Then uh, you drop the charges. I think so there's a video. Still, I think there's uh, a video.
2: I think there's a video online you can watch it,
1: Mike. I don't know honestly. <laughs> I think it was a clubbing. I don't think he had proper uh, boomerang
0: throw. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning that Verdum threw it from like thirty yards out and like from a, like a ninety degree angle, and co- coming to it was like talking to like a sports media, and just whack, a boomerang just comes out of nowhere and hits him in the temple.
1: Like that dude who threw his
2: shoe at W back in the day. <laughs> that guy. That guy took one shoe off, threw it, and it was getting ready to load, reload. That's still a thing. Um... All right, let's do stuff we like um, and get out of here. Mine's real quick. Uh, I've spent the last 10 days here in New York. I like it here. So, yeah, you guys should visit. You guys should go to New York. You know, it's a good place. Especially when it's not snowing. Yeah. Even when it's snowing, it's a pretty nice place. Just saying. It's a fun place. Lots of good food, good people. You can sleep on Phil's couch. It's an open invitation to the public so
1: um we'll be a good host even if he doesn't know who the hell you are That's exactly
2: kind of exactly um but yeah just you know it's good to see all the boys here gonna hang out with mike and phil and uh other people we don't know we all the people who we are friends with who we don't mention on the podcast regularly so shout out to all them um yeah
0: mike what do you got uh for me this week i've watched the first two episodes of marvel's cloak and dagger
1: I just uh, found out I have Freeform. I'm 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 excited to hear your review, Mike. The
2: fuck is that?
1: Uh, it's uh, a so channel that apparently I have.
2: No, I I'm saying, what is it?
1: Mike, Park. we've been
2: hanging out for a week. You didn't want to bring up that you're just watching a new Marvel show?
0: <laughs> well, I just started it yesterday. Fair enough. So, you know, I mean, shit. <laughs> Give me some time. But, um, yeah, so it's one of their lesser-known properties. Uh, it's these uh, two teenagers, um, this black dude and this white chick. They get powers, uh, I guess, when they're in a car accident or something. Um, I think, you know what? I may have jumped the gun on the It's a Thing I Like yet. It's still two episodes. It's only two episodes in. And it looks like it's going to be a slow-developing show. But so far from what I've seen, it's kept me interested enough to await the third episode so we'll call this a tentative stuff i like and i'll come back to you guys in a few weeks as to whether i actually do like it i'll keep i'll keep you guys waiting with bated breath all right Stefan, what do you got
1: um as mike kind of said earlier is nothing people like more than a week old video game news um so since i'm here tonight i'll chime in i've been watching e3 um or oh, just like he can't Ma- be here. Mark going to be a, about to be on now.
2: time with going to give the news this week. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm going to give it the, that real news. I mean, there've been a couple of good pre- uh, conferences I saw. Um I the Bethesda one uh was yesterday and that was really big. Um you know, they've been waiting with be- Beta breath. You know, it's not for it's till 2019, but they essentially confirmed yeah, they're working on the next Elder Scrolls game finally after Skyrim. Uh they had a good funny skit that they showed with um not Jordan Peele, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. And uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Skyrim meme that they've redone it so many times for a billion platforms. So they had a whole bit where uh, Skyrim was coming to Alexa uh, on Amazon. And so uh, Key is just playing... Uh, it's kind of like a D&D game that he's playing Skyrim through the Alexa. But that was pretty good. Um, we got a lot of footage for Fallout 76 and... I'm kind of lukewarm on the Fallout series, but I got to say, I'm fucking excited. Um, Fallout 76 looks really, really cool. Um, It's going to be online, so you're going to, you know, you're going to actually have this world where you actually get to interact with other players. Um, You can build a city encampment anywhere in the map because based on the story, you're the first people to enter this new world. So you're basically trying to uh, reclaim it. Um, there's gonna be nuclear missile silos all over the world, and they're like, we'll let you use them however you want, <laughs> and like, um, it looks really cool, uh, another game that looks really good, um, coming from CD Projekt Red, uh, they make The Witcher series, which is some of, like, the best video games I've ever played, but it's called, um, ooh, I don't know the years. it's Cyberpunk something something, but, um, check out the trailer for that, that game looks pretty amazing as well, um. Still early. I mean, it's going through most of the week, but I think those were probably two of the biggest like things that have been talked about thus far, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm still waiting for the Ghost of Tsushima, and uh, Nintendo hasn't given theirs. Um, though I did see one today. I can't. It's called Star Link. Um, it's some type of like like spaceship shooter game, but Star Fox is going to be in it. I thought it was a new Star Fox game because it looks like a Star Fox game. And oh yeah, i just talking about these video games is getting my dog all excited right now. But uh, yeah, check out Starlink if you like Star Fox, because I'm kind of gonna buy it just off of that. Star Fox 64 was my shit growing up. Um, I've been waiting years for a new game like that. It looks Damn. great. Um yeah more to come. Yo, yeah, oh, the my, dog's, dogs going
2: to town. The dog's louder than you. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, my, my, my girl, she knows how to give it. She knows how to give it. <laughs>
2: Um one more thing I wanted to mention before we end this show. I forgot to welcome you guys all to day 365 of the never ending Golden State Warriors championship celebration. 365 or 364 depending on when you're listening to this. Just know we run this shit. We're taking we're going to get LeBron. We're going to get Anthony Davis. We're going to get all the motherfuckers. They're all coming to play for us. Yeah. I, um,
0: <laughs> I actually have a stuff I like from this week, a definitive stuff I like. Um, it's in relation to your um, never-ending Warriors championship celebration, and it comes from a memorable quote from Mr. Swaggy P, Nick Young, in where he said, um, you know, pretty much summing up his last few years. Where he said, I went from getting snitched on to putting a ring on. Yes.
1: Way to go. While we're on that, uh, here's a memoir of a basketball fan. Uh, My second least favorite player of all time to play for the Warriors is Nick Young. Yeah, I'm kind of happy
2: we're done with this. Like, look, congratulations, kid. But, like, every time he got the ball, I'd be like, oh, fuck, the ball's going up. Oh, the ball's going up. Here it goes. (laughs) Um, It's okay, man. We got you a ring. We're like the shacked and a fool rehab program, all right. You come to us, we'll fix you up. You just we'll rub the we'll get the dirt off of you. We'll send you back out into the world.
0: Do you guys remember that uh, that segment on uh, Rusillo and Canal? No, Can- um, the Scott Van Pelt Show and Ryan Rusillo? The uh, the 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 Wizards made it. No. Well, it was a segment back when it was like JaVale McGee, Nick Young, and all those other fools that were on the pistons during
2: Crenton, Andre Bloch, all that whole squad. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: whenever there was a game where they did something just extremely stupid, um, they would put the uh, as the backdrop music, the uh, the Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg song. So what, we get drunk. So what, we get high. And like, they would just talk about all the stupid shit that they all did during that game. Wizards Minute. These dudes be balling. That's right. Yeah,
2: we won again. So that's it's going to happen again next year, maybe. We'll see.
1: And then as nope. our man Clay Thompson said, it's not our fault. Get better. Get good. Get good, rest of the basketball. You know, bro. honestly,
2: the thing I like more than anything else this week was when Clay Thompson... When, when he was at the what he was at, up at the table and he was looking at his phone with Draymond, and he was trying to show Draymond his phone, and Draymond goes, "Oh snap! Clay googled himself, and it already says three time champion." That was my favorite thing that happened. I <laughs> said he my showed favorite
1: up. Favorite was because I was calling for it, and then he didn't do it till they were interviewing him back in the locker room while they were sporting campaign. I'm like, Clay, give your shout out to your dog, because <laughs> what do I like most about uh, Thug Rose is that she always talks about how she just wants to go hang out with her dog. I'm like, dog people know. That no one wants to be anywhere but with their dog. And so when Clay was in the back and he's like saying he can't wait to get home to, with Rocco and the real party starts, get him some beef jerky, that was my favorite.
2: I remember last year yeah. when Clay was, uh, Clay after we won a championship, was uh, he hooked up with that Instagram model. And the way we knew it happened is because she posted like his countertop, which was a bunch of basketballs. And people were like, well, that could be anybody. And then she posted a picture of Rocco his Bulldog. And everybody's like, oh, she fucked Clay. All right, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody figured it out based on the doc.
0: <laughs> one, uh, one other thing of the Warriors celebration. Uh, Super reserve, Quinn Cook, uh, formerly of Duke fame, he was actually inactive for game four. So he was there in a very nice suit for the first three and a half quarters of that game. And when he realized that, you know, the Warriors are going to win and they're going to start celebrating, he actually ran back to the locker room Changed into his uh, uh, playing gear, so that way when they're taking the pictures out in the court, he can look like you know he was actually a part of the game. Quinn Cook, he can't get all that MOED on that nice suit. Well, I just think he didn't want to take all of those uh, you know historic pictures in a suit. You know, he wants to be able to tell his kids uh, 20 years from now, yeah, I played in that clinching
1: game. Yeah, it's like our uh, our backup center, Damian Jones. He's the man who stands out when he's wearing his suit and the championship hat. while everyone's in their court gear, but uh, yeah, parades tomorrow. If you are in the Bay Area, if you are listening to this tomorrow morning, cut work, be Yo, at parade instead, no.
2: guys. Please, I got it. Like the parade's at eleven. I my land in San Francisco at three p.m. Let me let's all be cool about this, right? Like everybody <laughs> go home by like one, like let me get on let me be on that train in peace it's a long flight man (laughs) i'm not gonna be drunk you're all gonna be drunk let's be cool man i got my stuff with me let me get home that's all i'm saying bart patrons let's all be cool about this um jesus christ this north korea thing's really happening all right sorry i'm just reading the news now we'll be back uh next week where we'll sound a little better my tech will be a little bit better Stefan's thing will be sorted out entirely at that point we'll have mark telling us about e3 uh, he can tell me why I'm so excited about Just Cause 4, because I am, just by the sheer mention of it. Just Cause 4 is coming, folks. Be hyped. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. We honestly really appreciate it. Had some big numbers last a couple weeks ago, less last week, which makes me think the only reason you guys listen to our show is for CM Punk news. So, we're going to introduce a segment next week where I'm just going to ask Stefan, What does CM Punk do this week, Stefan? And he's going to be like, I don't know. And then he that's going to be. He
1: rolled at the gym.
2: He's got a dog, too. he got a real ugly dog.
1: It is a real ugly dog, but he loves him. No, no. CM Punk will be the one who tells you that
2: he's ugly. He named him after the (laughs) Wolfman. This is Larry whatever, the Wolfman. That's why he named him that. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, peace out.
1: See you you later. later.